Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars and creators of the hottest shows on Broadway, off-Broadway, and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to the actress Joan Allen, who film and TV audiences will recognize from her work in movies like The Ice Storm, The Contender, Room, and The Bourne Trilogy, or the series The Family from a couple of TV seasons ago. But as most theater fans will know, she got her start on stage, first at the Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago, and then on Broadway, where she won a Tony starring opposite John Malkovich in Burn This, and soon went on to star in the original Broadway production of The Heidi Chronicles. She took some time off from theater for a while, but following a return to the Steppenwolf in 2013, she's back on Broadway as part of the starry cast of Kenneth Lonergan's The Waverly Gallery, which got great reviews across the board, even from Variety's critic Marilyn Stasio, who at the same time dubbed it a contender for Broadway's most depressing play of the season. Hey, Joan. Thanks for being here. Happy to be here. So for listeners who aren't familiar with the Waverly Gallery, it's uh-huh. uh, Kenneth Lonergan. It's a Kenneth Lonergan play. It uh, first played off-Broadway in 2000, and it's a memory play about an older woman named Gladys who's played in this production by Elaine May, who's gradually deteriorating due to Alzheimer's. And uh, you play Gladys's daughter, Ellen, and I have to imagine that for an actor, it's a pretty sad place to go every night, you know, sometimes twice a day, is it? Well, it's kind of surprising. You know, when I first read the play, uh, which I thought was beautiful initially. Had you seen it the first time around? No, I hadn't. I hadn't seen it. And my mother um, went through... Um, not like Gladys. Hers was very different. Um, my mother lived to be almost 97. And just the last couple years of her life, she went into, it was like a psychotic break. And she was fine. She was hard of hearing, like Gladys, <clears throat> for many years. But um, she had a very unusual thing. She was fine one day, and then the next day, she was in a nursing facility at that time in the Midwest, the next day, she was tearing things off the walls and screaming and calling for the police and doing all kinds of, you know, very paranoid things. And um, I have, I'm the youngest of four, and um, we were all very involved in helping and supporting her. So even though she was at a nursing home, we were, our presence was really huge. So I I had that real experience. Now, it's very unlike, Gladys's is much more gradual. Yeah. It's it's murkier. It's like, is she okay still? Is she safe enough? 
Is she not? But I have to yeah, say, she it, still lives alone in the play. She right? does. She goes to work or her yeah, version of it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it, it was much harder to detect and to know when is the moment when it's not safe enough for her to be by herself anymore. My mother's was very clear, and so I had lived through something like this, and I thought, oh gosh. Do I want to go there every night? (laughs) I know what it's really like. But, you know, ultimately, and the way Lila Neugebauer has directed it and the the way Kenny has talked um, about it is, you know, when you are in a situation like that, you really are troubleshooting a lot. You're not, even with my own mother, we weren't sitting there crying all the time, you know, wringing our hands. I mean, it's you really are trying to figure out it's very active, actually. What can I do? What, maybe I could get her a cat. Maybe she could have this. Maybe, I can't. I can't fix that, but I can make dinner. Um, you're, right. you're, you're really looking for proactive things to do, and sometimes it actually is very funny. You have right. to laugh at the situation. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, there's humor in this play. And there's a lot, a lot of humor of yeah, in this yeah. in this play. So, um, I, I almost think in some ways it's maybe a little more difficult to watch than to be in. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we it's, I certainly have moments in the show where it really sure. gets to me, but yeah, I it's kind that. of surprising that way. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you're really like, what can I do next? What can I do next? What can I try to do next? Right. So, um, and so it's actually quite active. Right. In right. Which is good for acting on stage. Yeah. And, and acting in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's not something, it sounds like it's not something you need to sort of do a whole lot of work to prepare yourself for outside I, of, you know the stuff you do. I'm very anyway, protective. Right? I like to get to the theater early. Yeah. Um, I'm like the first one there. I'm there like two hours before the oh, show, wow. yeah. and I have a routine kind of Zen ritualized. You know, I'm very quiet. Yeah. Um, that I just have. There's nothing, you know, very special or uh, unusual about it. But I just I I like to kind of get yeah. quiet before the show. But then once the show is over, I kind of, you know, <laughs> take let, your bow. Let it go. <laughs> let it right, go. Right. Yeah. Um, and what so did you know was anyone else cast by the time uh, you the play got to you did you you know who was everybody was cast except David Cromer okay that role had not been cast so I knew about Elaine and I knew about Lucas and I knew about Michael and what are uh, that is uh, Elaine May and Michael Sarah and Lucas Hedges Um, what's it like to work with uh, Elaine May who hasn't been on Broadway since apparently this is news to me or was news to me when it was first announced that she hasn't been on Broadway since an evening with Nichols and May yes back in the 60s I know I know it Um, she's just uh, she's just remarkable I, I I kind of don't even have words to describe her. She is so smart, so energized, so doesn't suffer fools, um, <laughs> and uh, and so real that I feel she gives me so much working opposite her. When you look in her eyes, I'm like, you've just given me 12 things to think about because there's so much going on. Um, she calls herself the... Um, the logic Nazi. Um, oh. She she has to. She cannot do something that is not organic and real. She's just like incapable of it. Um, her body just won't go there, and that's why she her performance is just just people. I think think she's improving a lot of it. And honestly, it, and it does just, feel that way. It feels very alive. Yeah. She's just incredibly alive and real. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then Lucas is someone who is fast rising in Hollywood. He's got like, I think three movies yeah. coming out this fall. I think so. And, he was, oh, yeah. and he's in Boy Erased and Ben is back and oh, there's one other. It's oh, just oh, got too oh, many. The, the Jonah Hill film about oh, yeah, mid 90s. That's right. That's right. That's right. That as well. and, um, yeah. and how have you found him to work? Do you understand oh, just... why why Hollywood is so excited about him? Yeah, I do. I do. And and there's a little twist. I and he plays um, Lucas. We should say Lucas plays your son. He plays my son. Yeah. And I many years ago when I was acting at Steppenwolf in Chicago, um, and then when I first came to New York, I was very friendly with Lucas's father, Peter Hedges. Oh. He was he loved Steppenwolf and he kind of like followed my work and right. we hung out together and I haven't seen him in many years so when I saw that Lucas was being cast and then I looked at his face and he does resemble his father I was right. like this is taking me so back to my 20s oh right. my gosh there seemed to be kind of a it was kind of a meant to be quality right. yeah. to it and um, yeah. it's just it's just delightful right delightful and then playing your husband is he plays your son and also sort of the narrator of the piece yes. and uh, playing your husband is David Cromer who I think most people on Broadway or people who go to a lot of Broadway will more recognize as a director most recently the director of The Band's Visit he just won a Tony right? Exactly. Um, can you see how someone who directs can you see how he is an actor who also directs in the way he approaches a role? I, I, would, I would say he really kind of left that to the to the wayside you know because he's also done a fair amount of acting. Right, of course, yeah. Not as much recently, but... Yeah. Um, I know, we've and, forgotten, but yeah, he did He did a lot in Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he, he was in his production of Our, of Town, Our Town here, which yeah, Which I true. saw, and he was, you know, um, the stage manager, and I mean, it's just incredible. Um, he's also incredibly real and authentic, and um, so he, he really... Uh, um, he would talk occasionally, directorially, about you know, Lila's ideas or something, but very, very seldom. He really just, we were all just in it as actors together. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is, this is, you took a, you took some time off from theater. Um, this was a while back. Uh, you took some time off, right? I and have taken yeah. breaks from theater. Yeah. yeah, and why is that? It seemed like, there was one in particular that seemed pretty long. It was a, I had know, a very a long break. Yeah. Um, well, I, a, a big big reason for that is my daughter mm, yeah well i have one child yeah. and she's and now 24 and that theater is hard when you have a kid right well and you're gonna kid, miss yeah. 5 p.m to 11 p.m every yeah. night yeah. that critical time to be with your child and that was a huge determining factor for me it's like yeah. i i don't want to do that because i'm only having one in particular you know one right. child and i don't i don't want to miss I, I, I can't be away every night yeah. and do that. Did you miss theater when you weren't doing it, did you find? Um, I kind of, I, I was kind of happy to take a break yeah. for a while and do concentrate on film, film and TV, work yeah. and t yeah. television work. It, it actually felt kind of good for me personally. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel kind of um, refreshed, right. you know, being, right. being back on Broadway now. How did you... What was the biggest sort of transition for you in terms of how you work, going from stage to screen stuff? Oh, I found film screen very confusing. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't understand how people do this. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. Because I'd only I came very late to film. I think I did my first film was like twenty eight or twenty nine years old, right. which in this day and age is pretty, you know, long in the tooth. Right. But 
and I'd only done theater all through high school, all through my early mid-twenties, right. and I found film completely opaque. I'm like, I don't understand how you have an emotion and do it out of sequence, and there's all this chaos, and there are marks that you have to hit, and how do you not look down and hit your mark, and it, and the language, the, the um, vocabulary surrounding oh. um, the terminology, sure. I didn't understand. Right. I didn't... I would do things and they'd say you're overlapping like I, I don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> what, is, what, what is that um, it was just an incredibly different way of working yeah um, and I would say it took me a good four or five years okay. before I really felt like oh the, the penny's dropping I think I understand right. this better now do you have favorite roles of your uh, particularly among your screen work that you um, really love I I've had really great experiences. Um, I, I, uh, one film that, and I don't, I don't rewatch them after I've seen them initially. I, yeah. um, I don't watch them again, really. I mean, I did. I've watched Pleasantville because I kind of had to, and but I, um, so they they get a little foggy in my mind. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, your memories are the experience of shooting it, right? Not shooting not it, watching it. Yeah. yeah. In the story. But I think. One film that just always comes to my mind, uh, from my perspective, of being um, perfect, close to perfect, mm. is The Ice Storm. Yeah. I, I just think that that film is, I, my memory of it, it's many years now, um, yeah. was that this is a very realized film in all aspects. Right. And um, I found that very, you know, gratifying. Yeah. It was as I was looking, as I was preparing for this, and sort of looking back over uh, a lot of the, the the film work you've done. It seems like you can sort of, in a way, trace the evolution of how Hollywood started to expand its thinking on what roles women could play. Because for a long time, it starts. It seems like you're playing a lot of wife roles, and then suddenly you're. You know, it's around 2000 when you're playing a vice presidential candidate, and then you get to be like a badass, possibly scheming CIA director, right? Like right. I, I feel like it, there's an evolution there. That was that. Was there an evolution also in sort of the things that you were offered, or was it more... I, I think it's the, because I had done, um, I think within a period of like two, two years, I did The Crucible, right. The Ice Storm, and Nixon. Right. And for lack of a better way of putting it, kind of wife roles. Yeah. But of wife roles... <laughs> Those are good ones. Those are like it's, really good ones. Yes. Um, and then I did Pleasantville after that as well, right. which was kind of a departure because of the style and, you know, it was more yeah. of a comedy in some ways. Right. Um, and so, you know, I there there did come a time after that when I would get offered certain quote-unquote wife roles that were not as good as that, and I would say, I've, I've done that. I don't right. want to do that anymore. Yeah. You've also been in a fair number of action movies. I, I know. I, like, so I was actually surprised by how many. I, was I like, know. Well, yeah, she was in that too. You were, the, you know, Death Race, uh, Face <laughs> Off, Face Off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you yeah. enjoy that genre? Is oh that, yeah, I love it. It's so fun. Yeah, it's 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 so fun to do something that's just, you know, different right. and um, terrific directors. And it was really, I had a great time on them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you what kind of roles have you been getting lately like what uh, or rather offered to you lately like have you sent, seen a shift in and maybe this is in the post rise of kind of Me Too and Time's Up have you seen any shift in kind well of I'm not really reading anything much right now no? I mean it's also I'm in this play through the end of 
January. Yeah. So it's kind of, and then the holidays are coming up and not much going on. It's so, yeah. yeah. So um, I'm not really actually, I'm not really reading very much, you know, right. these, these days. Um, why was now a good time to come back to theater? Um, my daughter's now grown, yeah. so I don't have to worry. She's 24. I don't have to worry about 5 p.m. to sure. 11 p.m. Um, it depends on the project, you know. Um, I'm also very picky about what plays I want to be involved with. Yeah. Was the last uh, one, the, the one in 2013 at uh, Steppenwolf? It the was. Wheel? Yeah. The Wheel. That was the last one that I did. Right. You know, it's a big commitment to do eight shows a week, and you better love it. Right. Um, and... I think I knew with the Waverly Gallery, there were so many pieces of it between the writing, and I met with Lila Neugebauer and, and Kenny Lonergan. And had you worked with the, Kenny before? I had not. Yeah, yeah. But we had, I just got a, a great feeling from them, this connection with Lucas and his dad. And then I had also had this really strange connection with Elaine May that back in my early 20s when I was with Steppenwolf, we would do Nichols and May routines oh. to try to raise money for the theater. So we would put the the record, you know, the record yeah. of the routines on a record player and memorize them and transcribe them and then try to copy them completely verbatim. <laughs> Tonally pause everything and we would pull those out for for teas and things like that yeah. to to try to raise, you know, $500 for the theater. They were very great pieces for that kind of thing. Sure. And so I just had that connection to her as well. So all those different things and the play and having gone through a version of dementia with my own mother, you know, it just it was just like this is this should happen. Did your experience inhabiting Elaine May previously help you create a relationship as her daughter or imagine yourself as her daughter? Um I don't know about that. Um I don't know. I, I guess I didn't really think of it in those yeah. terms. I just think of her as just being just an impeccable performer and so smart and so um, unique. And is, is she funny? Uh, is she as funny as she is? Uh, sort of as we who you know don't know her know her. Um, she has think? a great sense of humor. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it, sh- she, it shows she, up in the in the play as well. Oh, right? she's just yeah. she's just got a you know right. fantastic sense of humor. Yeah, and um, so this so in uh, while you were at Steppenwolf uh, in the early days, then mm-hmm. that is where uh, you first did burn this. Is that do I have that right? And then you ended up in New York with it, or the first play that I came to New York with was a Steppenwolf show called "And a Nightingale Sang." Oh yes, right. That was the very first one right. that had been done in Chicago and got brought to New York. Right. Burn this was um, like a year or two later. Uh, at least mm. um, and no um, um, Circle Rep that theater downtown yeah. um, Lanford Wilson had written the play and there was an actress with, within the company John Malkovich had been cast Lanford really kind of wrote it for John Malkovich right. and there was an actress and I'm forgetting her name Nancy Snyder or something mm-hmm. I might have that wrong who was cast to play my role well she got pregnant Oh, and well. he was going to have a baby. <laughs> right. So she was no longer going to be able to play right. a modern dancer. Yeah. And they reached out to me to do a reading of it with John. I'd worked yeah. with John a lot at Steppenwolf, and so that's how and I got connected to it. you knew him in, in college. We I, went to college together recently. at Eastern yeah. Illinois University. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys knew each other for 
Yeah. A while. Yeah. I mean, which must have been helpful as you as you're acting together, I would think. Yeah. Well, and he he's actually responsible for helping me get into the Steppenwolf company. He right. suggested me to them, and they brought me in, and so. Right. Yeah. Uh, Burn this is coming to Broadway again. That's you, what I. That? Yeah. Just heard yeah. recently with Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell, yeah, and Adam Driver. Yes. Seems like it's going to be a good. I think that's a good show, right? Great, yeah. yeah. I've worked with Carrie on the Upside of Anger. She oh, right. played that's one right. of my daughters. Yeah, I love her, and uh, I'm excited about it. That's great. Yeah. Have you seen that play lately? I have not. So I haven't. To see it again. Yeah. No, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. The last time you were on Broadway was Impressionism, is that right? It was, yeah. yes. Right. And what was that experience like? That was a I, show that had sort of a disappointing run. But, yeah. You know, yeah. I still, I had a, I love Jack O'Brien, the director. Yeah, the director. And, yeah. and um, I liked the play. Jeremy Irons was in it. I Jeremy mean, Irons yeah, was, was in it. You know, yeah. what's bad about that? So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you remember what it was about that play that made you think, oh yeah, this is the play I, I just, to do. you just know it. You know, yeah. there's something, I think there's a timing thing about where you are in your own life and, mm-hmm. and you know, if you just, if you want to keep turning the page, that's always my, <laughs> right. That's my, my measuring stick is like, do I want to turn the page right. and see what's happening next? Yeah. So. Are you a reviews actor? Do you read I don't. Them, I or? read nothing. Did you ever? Or it's just... Uh, I did. I did in my 20s. And actually, um, one thing that made me stop was something good that was said about mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was? It was a moment that I was doing the Three Sisters at Steppenwolf that Austin Pendleton had directed. Oh, yeah. And there was this one moment where I played Masha and I run across the stage and I throw myself on Bershina and, and um, you know... They mentioned that moment very positively, and it just made me self-conscious ever since. (laughs) And I thought, I don't think so. I read, I read, absolutely nothing. Right, right. I just hear through the grapevine. Generally, you know, it's been positively received. Not so, but I don't read. I don't read anything. Right. Yeah. And how does that? I'm always curious how those review, how reviews, whatever they are, kind of filter back into people's awareness as they're as they're. as they're working on a show, can you sense a change in the morale of the cast, or is there? I think people in I, I think people in my cast don't read anything. I mm. think I'm pretty sure Elaine doesn't. Yeah, I'm almost positive that Lucas does not. I think yeah. David Cromer might, and I'm not quite sure about Michael. Right. But so it, I have felt nothing. Um, our, our actually, I would say our second our show after opening night was probably better than our opening night show. Oh, okay. And you, often yeah. there's that let the, yeah, there was right. just a letdown, you know, from the build up and the excitement and things sure. like that. But I think the show was even even better right. the second night, which is pretty unusual. Yeah. Do you have a sense of? It had been a while since you've been on Broadway. Then there was Impressionism, and now this play. Uh-huh. What's your take on the ways in which Broadway has changed over the years? And well, I'm, I, I'm I'm happy that it's just as lively and and robust as it is yeah. right now. Um, I think it's a good time to be on Broadway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe one of the things that has changed the most is just the whole social media and how you promote it and all the things that you right. have to do, and you know that is a new. And I'm not a social media person. I don't go on Facebook. I don't do Instagram. I don't tweet. I am a non-social media person. So that has kind of um, surprised me. My publicist has sort of prepared me. He's like, you need to know this is not like like it was, you know, in the late... 
but they're not forcing you to tweet it's, or anything. So they're not. Yeah, well, that yet. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> right. And, um, and so what's next on your plate? Do you know? You mentioned you I were don't. this to January. I don't January, have anything yeah. um, lined up after this, so we'll see. Would you be interested in doing series television again? You, it would depend. Yeah. It really would depend. I mean, I had a very good time working on the family. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that. I was able to live at home. We shot, you know, in the you know the New York City area. Right. right. It's great at my age. I love to be able to come home, you know, yeah. and at night. And um, I had a very good uh, experience on that. So I would, I would definitely consider it. It would depend on the project and the role. Right. Is there more theater in your future? Possibly. Yeah. Depends what I, you know, what comes across my plate. Do you like new work, or uh, do you respond to new work more than I kind classics? Of, or I kind just... of like new work more. Yeah. A little bit, you know, um, and um, even though the Waverly Gallery was written, you know, like in the late '90s or something right. around 2000, that production was around 2000. Yeah, I was exactly. not familiar with the play. Right. And so it was like, it was it was new to me. Yeah. So, and I don't and, think, I don't know that it's been how much it's been done. I don't think it has. Think, I've never seen it. I also missed it the first time around, so I, I've i never seen it. I think then, you so. really have to have, you know, particularly for casting Gladys, you really, yeah. it's, it's you really you have to have the right you fit. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a tall order, and um, it's an incredibly different, uh, difficult play to memorize because of the circular nature yep. of... Going back, I, I started memorizing my lines two months before rehearsal yeah. even started. So, and, and there are moments in uh, in the play where you're where I started to get concerned for Elaine May not knowing her lines. But you know, oh, I, she's she it, it actually became clear as it went on that actually no no she she's just doing it really she's well. She's just <laughs> so good. Yeah. It sounds like it's just coming out of her mouth for the first time. Right. She's that good. Right. Good. Um, well. Enjoy the rest of the run. Thank you. Thanks for coming in and chatting oh, with me. Nice to talk to you. Thanks thank you, Gordon. Yep. My pleasure. That was Joan Allen, now on Broadway in the Waverly Gallery. If you like what you've heard on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe wherever finer podcasts are dispensed. On the next episode of Stagecraft, I've got the brother-sister duo Tyne and Tim Daly on, talking about their co-starring roles in the Teresa Rebeck play, Downstairs. Until then, thanks for listening, and see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.